0: Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, and I've got two special guests with me today, Sarah and Dan from Planar Compass. Welcome. Thank you. Hi. Thanks for having us. <laughs> uh, we, we just had to do that completely over again because I screwed everything up for the first time we were recording. <laughs> Luckily, we only got a minute in. <laughs> so, I had asked originally, They, if you're not familiar with Planar Compass and you're listening, please go back and listen to the episode where we talked about it, or you might learn more about it here tonight. Um, I had asked, I really liked the, uh, there's a there's a dungeon crawl. that's not quite a dungeon. It happens to be the insides of a, the guts of a monster. And I was curious to know where that idea come from. <laughs>
1: So I, I think that it came up during a, a call with Goblins Henchmen when we were discussing the Astral Navigation Hex Crawls. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dan.
2: Yeah, it sounds right. I think I, I, I had been struggling with the idea of it. I, I don't remember what the original Genesis is, but I know for a, a few months, I was like, I really want uh, this to be the dungeon because I'd come up with the monster uh, and I thought it was a pretty cool uh, enemy. And I, and I had thought up this idea that uh, it had a life cycle. The small life cycle, the, the beginning life cycle is like it's like a larva, like a parasite. The middle life cycle is it's kind of like a zombie. And the final life cycle is it's kind of like a, a whale sized eel. So it was like, well, this, this has got to be something that eats ships. And if it eats ships, then you gotta you got to escape from it. So that has to be the dungeon. It has to be a dungeon. So we struggled with it for a, a, a while. We had already been talking to Goblins henchman about the travel that uh, hex flowers. We brought him on to write that. And we were talking to him. I was like, you know, I, I've, I've checked out this other thing you've done. Um, drawing a blank on the name of it now. Was
1: that in the Heart of the Sea?
2: No, in the Heart of the Sea is the travel Oh, it's one.
1: carapace. It's- Carapace. carapace yeah
2: carapace is like um a hex flower crawl he did of a giant ant colony
0: okay so was
2: like, yeah So was, was, that? Like,
0: w- was that in something published out there that
1: i can yeah oh, oh, i think pay, it's pay what you want
2: I, yeah pretty much everything he does everything he does is pretty much pay what you want sometimes i think it was like us he just did one with Nate Tremay uh in the heart of oz that i think has a, a dollar value because he paid nate for the art but most of what he does is kind of like experimental developmental stuff so he doesn't pay what you want um so that was carapace and so i was like I, I think that's a like this is a very similar vibe to what i'm going for like that kind of aliens ant kind of like hive thing so that the the Kier imago which is the final stage is like one part hive, other part behemoth. It's both things at one time. So I was like, I think this could be the key. And then in a lot because it's a hex flower, we don't have to make you know a fifteen page dungeon. Yeah, it's it's, it's procedural. So I thought it, I thought it, I thought it fit well. We already had them on board.
0: Well, the hex flower that for the monster though is so cool because every single hex has little guts and stuff in it. <laughs> I'm like, it's vile, yes, isn't it? It's something. <laughs> I, it's love all that. I was I'm yeah. like, no way. They got a little like intestine hex here and stuff. I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah.
1: When Zoe showed us that, it was like like literally nothing but like me typing. I hate it. I hate it so much. It's disgusting. It's perfect. You've knocked. It out of the park i can't handle how gross it is
0: so there's yeah. there's planner compass number three that's going to be coming out or at least is there going to be a kickstarter for that is that what's going on right now yes yeah february 1st oh that's coming up on us in a, in a little bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah i'm excited about that now this has got a lot of new stuff in it is there anything new that you can tell the listeners about to expect for this it might be as exciting as as you know crawling through some intestines
2: <laughs> what, do you, what do you think
0: Sarah?
1: i think the i think the classes yeah uh we're working on uh two classes for it the time priest, the uh, time priest and the um i don't know if we've settled on a, on a correct pronunciation of or if or if the clockwork being pronunciation is is something i've just never really done that much out loud yeah but the the dan how do you pronounce it
2: I call them canicoids yeah, the canicoids. The canicoids. Um, so
1: that's that's going to be a class Like the automaton um, That you've seen previously In uh, the first two issues That um, They have This clockwork mechanism So we're going to be So there's going to be time magic
0: time, So is that going to be just spells Or like a whole new like, like, like... It's
2: going to Yeah it's going to be spells So it'll be akin to a cleric Um, oh yeah
0: i like that is there is there a a specific name for that cleric or that's going to be wielding the magic something or we have to wait to see
2: that's the time priest that's
0: the oh yeah the time priest
1: and we're working with uh aaron smell with that and he's been fantastic
2: yeah he's killing it
1: seriously
0: there are two classes in planar comp or two i think there were the races in planar compass number one now that you're on here I'd like to get a pronunciation on some of these. Sure. The first one is on page. Oh my goodness! I gotta get my old man glasses out. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't read half the time without them. <laughs> it's on page thirty-four. A l d h e l s i al Yeah. I did it right. Oh, yeah. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> and the next one is oh knock O-N-A. Yeah. oh that works i was very apprehensive pronouncing them i recall <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: trying to... like like everything in an old school zine <laughs> it's up to the dm's discretion you know absolutely
0: I know that I, I've spent I've spent so many years pronouncing things one way, and then I go to another place and, and find out that this mythical thing, it's being pronounced totally different. And I hear the difference. I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> There's something <laughs>
1: wrong. That's what you're doing I've, it wrong. I've always been a huge fan of that like adage about how, you know, I'd never make fun of somebody who's mispronouncing something that they've read because they learned it by reading. And, like, <laughs> that's like, you know.
0: We just had a discussion about this on an episode I just recorded not that long ago this week. It's it's funny. It came back to that trying to read through game books, trying to, it was uh, actually, it was, who was it? What was her name? Uh, Aunt, uh Who was it? I can't remember who the discussion was with. I might've had it with two different people. <laughs> <laughs> in fact i think i did have the same discussion with two different people so there's a theme going through here about pronunciation i think the right. internet is trying to tell me something
1: <laughs> you're just in a time loop man
0: <laughs> oh anyways i'm sorry i'm being too silly no it's all good I get back to get back to planar compass so you're planning on kicking it off on in february is there gonna be like like uh like is there a, you got new character classes is there any plans for like a new like like adding any of like cuz i know you get the players guide and stuff like that is there plans for anything else besides this third issue or
2: yeah um so yeah we so the, i guess this is like a little bit of a reveal but it's not set in stone so if it doesn't happen we, we never promised right. anything to anybody <laughs> but uh right now the idea is to do one more class in issue four and then and then bundle it all into a player's booklet after that player's book a hardbound ideally
0: oh so that's what i was going to ask next because i was curious is there going to be a larger i'd like to see things collected yeah into something hardbound like a5 on my shelf that would be cool yes. i would definitely be jumping excited. definitely
2: back. i i my hope is that well they'll be akin to the OSE. Books, so we'll have a player book and a a referee book so that that'll involve a lot of editing and um, layout obviously because they're not presented that way they're presented as zines so but i think that's the most useful if you're going to do a a hardbound book is actually separate it and by then i think there will definitely be enough content to warrant two
0: books well this this uh issue number was substantially larger than I expected it to be. <laughs>
2: it was <laughs> larger than larger than we expected it
1: to be. <laughs> That's the
0: truth. It it, it definitely is a good size. I, I'm trying to remember how many it was it was 58 for the first one. I think it was I almost like it seemed like it was like 70 pages in the second one. It was yep. one of the bigger things on my sh- thick, thickness wise, one of the larger zines that I had.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: I was impressed. I like it. I I love I really the, the art that y'all have been using is so colorful and, and I, I I love it. Like I really like the color on the covers. I'm a big fan of color, like like you wouldn't believe. So
1: Dan actually did the coloring on on um on the covers.
0: Really, yeah, it's good yeah. colors, vibrant. There's some good contrast there. You've got the orange going against this bluish purple and all, and it pops with that big white sail it does it pops well and and it stands out it's not it's not flat it's vibrant and i and i like the color schemes going on i'm a fan of them (laughs) thank you they almost i'd almost say that it kind of leans into a psychedelic type color scheme but but yeah i like that
2: definitely yeah i I definitely i designed a color palette for each issue so each one they're internally consistent but different from each one to have a different vibe and I definitely, I, I rip color palettes straight out of concert posters. So
0: that's what <laughs> I think that's what I'm seeing here. This too <laughs> is literally a
2: David Bowie uh, prom, uh, like, concert poster that I ripped the colors out of.
0: I am such a, I, I was so, I, I really got into David Bowie. It was one of the first artists I, <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I ever, the first two I got into on my own outside of my family was David Bowie. And the sex pistols and those changed my life <laughs> anyways that's a side thing. so david boy concert poster i give you a thumbs up there It's good stuff
1: this is really good stuff
0: so we're gonna have a few classes we have currently the if, if you all don't know who are listening there is a player's guide that's out there's going to be more classes in three and you think there's going to possibly be more class stuff as well in a fourth issue it sounds like
2: yeah i think one class in issue four is right now what we're thinking and then i'm hoping to kind of <laughs> maybe be done with player content at that point <laughs> It, it, it's always fun, but I it also gets a little bloaty after a while, you know, and after if you figure it, you got the OSE advanced and then you'll have our, what, seven or eight classes that we're bringing to the table. That's a lot. Yeah. So is. then we can focus on on settings at that point.
0: So why did you choose to make this specifically for old school essentials of all systems?
2: Um, at the time it was the system that I wanted to most write for. I, was, I, had, I had been DMing 5E for several years. Sarah's in the group um, and I was getting a, not burnt out, but I was starting to feel like there was something wrong with me because i felt like all the books were like presented in narrative prose with walls of text yes and <laughs> i felt like i had to do homework and i was always constantly trying to find things and i'd always miss stuff and I'd, and I'd, after fights or whatever i'd always be like oh i missed that or i missed that and i and, and i would you know run call of cthulhu even and that stuff's great. But even that I would have to sit down for several hours and make my own basically adventure, at, like in, in bullet points. And I read OSE and it was like a revelation because it's presented as a game, not as a novel. And, and it was like, why are all role-playing games presented <laughs> as a game? Because they're games.
0: Yeah, I think that, uh, like, like that the presentation of Old School Essentials, essentials I know we've talked about it a, a few times on, on this show. Like, I think I'm a huge fan of it, and this is, like you said, everybody said, you've got wall of text in a lot of these books, and it's a lot to get through if you want to run a game. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it was literally a game changer for me, because if we had stuck with 5e amongst our friend group, and we still play the 5e game sometimes then I don't think that I would ever have decided that I've like felt comfortable DMing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just too much to hold in your head. Um, or it certainly is for me.
0: Oh, I, I will say, well, I, well it wasn't, I, I was running Pathfinder and I just, after a while, I, I couldn't, I was like, I ran it for about, about a year and I ran, I ran it twice both times. I think about a year. And the second time around, it was just, there's so many things that were coming at me and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just going to, cause I ran AD and D for like into the 2010s, early 2010s. Oh, yeah. I just kept on running my old AD and D stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna upgrade. I got into Pathfinder, grabbed all the books I can. I'm like, this is a lot. <laughs> it's way too many rules. Well, it's
1: so much. It's <laughs> so much. And 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 you know, what? I'm like I'm willing to ad, ad, admit to like some real personal failing here. I felt quite mean because we would get to a point where I had said to. Uh, the group we were playing with i was like well the next session is going to be all combat they were like what makes you say that and i'm like this is you know this is the way dan runs it it's gonna be a combat session so that he can like take a break and then plan a good adventure (laughs) and they were like wow caddy and i was like it's just the way he works man
2: yeah i think that's our thing too is like i had been feeling a little bit bored with 5e because i think it's a great low level game but after a while like i would be getting really into the osr prior to us doing Player compass just because it's such a different philosophy and mindset you know and the idea of not having a focus on encounter balance for multiple reasons and that freeing you up to not have everything just be like you know a wall you know, a line of fights that the players have to go through because that's what I, I found myself getting into is like kind of designing it like a video game where I'm like, all right, there's going to be this fight, this fight, and this fight, and then hopefully enough of their resources have been spent to make this boss fight interesting. <laughs> I don't like running a game that way, like at all, in retrospect. It was just the way i I had kind of come to that. I don't know if the system had led me that way or if that's how, how I would come to it but definitely like it's there's such an emphasis on encounter balance there's tools online to help you design balanced encounters and that's cool in, in itself but if it's the, the majority of the way that you run the game then I think there's a lot less thrill I think the players know it subconsciously like oh I'm supposed to beat this fight right yeah Um so the idea that with proper expectations set that the players don't know if they can survive a fight is interesting to me legitimately don't know
0: oh I like that and, and that's always often been a large part of my games like you don't know what you're gonna what you're gonna happen when you're gonna run into this fighting stuff isn't always a wise thing to do you're exactly. gonna get hurt <laughs> sometimes right? that means just the end and like like I've killed like I've killed care I don't intentionally try to kill player characters and often if you, uh, if i'm a dm and you're gonna die in my game before if i see something is potentially lethal i will use this are you really sure and pro- kind of reframe things to let them see mm-hmm. there's a danger here your character could die yeah and we got
1: to a point I was, i'm sorry sorry oh, i'm don't. such an interrupting person <laughs> we got to a point with the 5e game where i like i was almost like encouraging and daring people to get into a situation where they die because I was making votive candles out of dead characters <laughs> I yeah. bought like a a bunch of votive candles like 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 the dollar store prayer candles like yeah like with, ones.
0: like with like like Mary and and a saint yeah. But
1: yeah, like but yeah. they had nothing on them. And oh. I was taking like little I had a little uh, photo printer with stick on the back, like these stick, and I was yeah. peel stick ones. And I was making full blown <laughs> like and we would come to the session and we'd light the dead people. Oh. oh
0: God. Oh, that's good. You can just have all the all the dead the dead piece in the It dead was mostly PCs NPCs.
1: The, <laughs> the NPCs were like little ones. <laughs> but if a player died, I had the big eight-inch guys. Oh, that's
0: great. Yeah memory of all of our lost comrades <laughs> <laughs> that's fun so i've like you've played you've been playing 5e and osc where there are other systems that you've played around with that were old school or any of the indie systems or any of that stuff that you've looked at i'm curious or
1: poor dan was yeah. planning on running the the drain, and then I went and played it with um Tony on Plus One. And he was like, Guess yeah. "I'm not gonna do the drain <laughs> with you guys."
0: Wait, is that the mothership module? Am I the thinking funnel. Of? Yeah, I've got. I, I picked that up. I haven't had a chance to go through. <laughs> it's good.
1: It's good. I played that one. And I played through the void.
2: We've done a lot of one shots. I I got before anything, I got really into Searchers of the Unknown, so I actually made a. Are you familiar with that?
0: I don't think I am. From I'm trying to rack my brain.
2: Searches of the unknown is it goes way back, probably like to the 2010s, which I know is not a long time, but in the OSR that's like ancient OSR. So it uh, it's a one page OD&D clone, but uh, they strip out the ability scores. So you can make a character in like five minutes and go.
0: I like that stuff there. It's great. It's yeah, five minutes so, and go. I like that. <laughs>
2: I, I got really into it. And uh, I actually ended up making alternate versions of it called the Search of the Unknown Omnibus that I was putting out. But at the time, I didn't even know what OD&D was. I was kind of, I'd played AD&D. So I was kind of familiar with it, but I didn't really know what made OD&D OD&D. So I was hacking it a bit and not really knowing which is all good like i, I think anybody should be able to, to make games but i definitely like after i'd gone back and like fully read bx and fully read od and was like oh okay i understand well i understand what this is a distillation of now before i was just seeing the end product but it's definitely in, it's like been through the
0: crucible and, and gone down to its most bare elements So I'm gonna ask, because I'm getting a little curious now. When, for the two of you, when and what got you into role playing? Like, like what was your early role playing experiences or your first? Or what started you out?
1: So Dan has actual um, old role playing experience, Mm -hmm. and I am um, a a theater kid who desperately craved this kind of outlet (laughs) in my adult life.
0: No, that's great. That's good.
1: And one of my, we have a mutual um, best friend that we were, like, we were both in the bridal party for when our, our friend Ben got married. And he was telling me, like, Ben was like, oh, you know, I reconnected with um, Kate and her husband, Dan. They play D&D, and I really want you to play D&D, because I think this will really work for you. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, totally. Like, we, should, we should do that. And then, like, the rest is, Dan and I were working on, um, we played a little D&D. We started working on a comic that we were writing together. And then literally, like, I showed up to play um, one night and, like, he slid the Old School Essentials tome across the table and went, this, <laughs> this. We need to be writing this. And I was like, oh, well, crap, that all, that all clicks. <laughs> like, that's exactly what we should be doing.
0: That's cool.
2: Yeah. So I, I got in during thir- 3E. Um, that was like my the era when I was like in middle school. And and we I don't think we ever played a lot. It was one of those things like we didn't know what we were doing or how it worked. And I don't think anyone read the book cover to cover. <laughs> like, especially with third edition. It was like, yeah, you know, we got um played. I don't think I ever played in a long campaign. I really wanted to. I definitely like there was a couple of times where I was like annoying people. I was like, we're gonna play weekly, right? And they're like, Yeah, okay. And uh And then I took a long break, pretty much missed 4E. Uh, Like I played it like twice, I think. And then I got into it. Like I had like this weird like moment where I was like, for some reason, one summer I was like, I really want to play Dungeons and Dragons. I'm going to like find a place to play it. And I like looked up a game store, saw they were having a game night, went and it just like happened to be like the summer that 5E was released. Like I went like, and bought a player's handbook like the month it came out yeah so it was very bizarre <laughs> and then uh then i got really into it and i found like a, a local group that was playing 1e so that was like my indoctrination to like the old <laughs> school. like playing with dudes that were playing in the 70s and 80s and uh that was obviously a very different game than the 5e game so i got both sides of it which was nice
0: i'm curious to know what the differences are That you for hearing that, I what what do you think were the big differences between the old 1e group and the 5e groups?
2: I think like the 1e group was a lot less. And I don't, I don't think this is necessarily characteristic of the old school. I mean, I I don't want to say old school because that's like a retro thing. I don't want to say this uh, is characteristic of that like kind of first era. But like I, this particular group was less into player story mm-hmm. and more into like the game itself, like
0: mechanically uh, speaking, perhaps? mechanically,
2: yeah, and like uh, resource management and strategy and stuff like that. We actually never the DM didn't like dungeons, so we never went into a dungeon. Oh. So my entire time, I played one e every week for like six hours a week for a year, and we had, went into one. Dungeon the entire time, so (laughs) I was sorely lacking in like the 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 original AD and D dungeon experience. But that was a reflection of like the him playing since the early '80s and coming to the conclusion that he didn't like dungeons.
0: You know, I'm a big fan of dungeons, and me too. I I I was I don't think I always was. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was very like I, I think I've said it a million times. I was into superhero role <laughs> playing games. I wanted to be a superhero, <laughs> and yeah, I, there was not many dungeons there. So yeah, I think that my appreciation of dungeons didn't happen until probably the 20th century when I started really tearing in and reading some of those old dungeon mags and what they were saying and doing. Like, oh, there's yeah. something cooler here than I realized. So absolutely, it's it's it's. I mean, it's
2: definitely one of those things that's like again, like, I don't want to say that, like, old school gamers are into story, because definitely, you know, there was debates back in the mid-70s about how to play the game, and, like, theater people versus war gamers and stuff, so that's this has always been a thing, but, like, I definitely think, like, the objectives of the game, as it was written in the 70s, it was a, it was a game game, like, right, it had objectives, you had to go in and get gold, and that's, like, how, The game moved along, whereas now it's like a little bit more hybrid. Yeah, there's more emphasis on character story and stuff like that, and that's all good. I like that, but I think that's if you come from that background, the old way, the gamey, the gamified like dungeon game is refreshing because it's like we're not burnt out on that. We didn't do (laughs) that for thirty years, you know.
0: Yeah, I I think one thing too is there's certain there are certain. Games that you can play, like like as I say, games, mechanic games that exist within older editions that kind mm-hmm. of vanish with a lot of other modern games. And it's not they' not the same game. That's not to say that the other games that have kind of like gotten rid of some of those gaminess to dungeoneering and stuff are a lesser game. But it's right. definitely a big different thing. Uh, Vampire mm-hmm. the masquerade is a great example never ran a dungeon in vampire right yeah the focus is totally different but game mechanics can really change and shift how a game's played depending on what they are at times so Mm -hmm. bit of a ramble it's true we're coming close to 30 uh so i before we do cut out i wanted to make sure that y'all had a chance to tell everybody that's listening where to find you online and how they can support you and and back you and find your stuff. I know you got that Kickstarter coming up here soon too.
1: So you can find all of our stuff at planarcompass.com that I'll give you like way down at the bottom links to our Instagram, which is also um, our Twitter. Like they're all under the same, just planar compass. Um, We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the website planarcompass.com. Our Kickstarter starts um February 1st and it's gonna run through the 14th. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And we will have links to all that in the show notes. So just check that out. And uh I think that's that's about all I have for today. You guys anything to add today?
1: Just that we're big fans.
2: Oh, uh, I wanna uh, <laughs> I want to plug our Discord.
1: Oh yeah. Okay, go for it.
2: If you if you go to our if you go to our site at the bottom there's the Discord link. It's very quiet right now but uh yeah, I think it's I think it's a cool little community. So come check it out if you're interested in our stuff or anything really.
0: It's at the So I'm going to check real quick for you. Is uh, you saying it's at the bottom of the planar compass? com, Yeah. So I'm on planercompass.com backslash home. I want to make sure I get this before you leave. Cause I want to go in there. Yeah. <laughs> Join yeah. it.
1: Uh, I, I don't see it on there
0: immediately. And it
1: should be the icon next to the, uh, the Instagram is the discord. Oh, just a yeah. little
0: icon. So at the very bottom, it's just a little icon. I'm being an old man now. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can work it. So I am joining it before we, before we get off here to make awesome. sure that I'm in the discord. And if you're listening, join the planner compass discord. I have just joined and I will see you in there. And as always, if you enjoyed what you've heard, please share with your friends, give us a positive review, wherever you're listening. That really helps us a lot. And those of you that have, thank you so much. You can find us on Facebook. Just search wildlies and wizards. We're pretty active there. Wildliesandwizards.com is our blog. Logar Hail Crom is my name on the Twitter, and keep those dice rolling. This is Logar, and I'm just going to do a quick plug here for our, our little podcast. We put a lot of time and effort into this and money out of our own pockets, so if you appreciate having a daily podcast about role-playing games with our specific bend, Please go over to Patreon backslash Wobblies and Wizards. That's W-O-B-B-L-I-E-S-A-N-D-W-I-Z-A-R-D-S. And give us a little support.